Hello, and welcome to Are You Writing, the podcast where the writing arts interns talk about all things writing. We have a really special episode for you today. Joining us is wonderful Professor Mikulski. She's joining us to talk about writing comedy, comedy in general, some issues with comedy. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. She does also teach a course called Writing Comedy, and it will be offered in spring 2021. In case you're interested, I highly recommend it. She's an awesome professor, and it's really fun. So thank you so much for joining us today, Professor Mikulski. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, we're happy. And as always, I am Marissa, our head intern for this semester. I'm Tara, another intern. And I'm Lainey, the last intern. So today, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about comedy. And some of the things that we wanted to talk about here were some big issues right now in comedy that we've been talking about with Professor Mikulski a little bit and we wanted to delve into today. So to start, Professor Mikulski, do you think that you could give us kind of a, a general mm -hmm. overview of what comedy is and how it interacts with writing? Okay, well, thank you again so much for having me, Marissa, Tara, and Lainey. It's nice to meet Tara and Lainey and Marissa. I've had you in class a lot now, so <laughs> uh, like we really know each other. So thanks for having me. So I guess comedy is, is tough to define. I define it very simply as anything that makes you laugh. Um, or make somebody laugh or has some sort of a, a laughter reaction, something that you produce that produces laughter. I guess it's comedy. But with writing, as you're learning in the writing comedy class, comedy can, can take many different forms in regards to writing. You can write screenplays that you'll see visually. They can have comedy in them, which would be, you know, your television, your movies, even some of these smaller pieces that you're seeing, YouTube videos, things like that. They can all have comedy. You can write jokes and do stand-up comedy or just do, you know, a few lines of jokes. You can insert comedy into a drama. You know, that kind of comedy. You can have satire comedy where you're writing smaller pieces. You can have personal essay type comedy. So really, I mean, comedy can span just pretty much anything. I mean, I just wrote a piece for a real estate website that had comedy. So you can really add comedy. Um, and I think we need it more than ever to do any type of writing that's awesome yeah i know we've been we've been working with a lot of different ones i'm, I'm working on my sketch right now so we'll, we'll see how that goes yeah i didn't even mention that you know sketch comedy i mean it's there's just it's endless comedy where you can have it definitely so so tara and laney and i um we all we read some some articles and watched some pieces with a couple of big name comedians to try and delve a little bit more into comedy and very specifically one of the big things that you you mentioned we should look into and we did was cancel culture so we were looking into that and kind of different perspectives on it and some people I know Lainey and Tara you guys sent out some some pieces that discuss whether or not cancel culture goes too far or whether it's not going far enough. So Lainey or Tara, do you guys want to start us off on maybe some thoughts about what we read on cancel culture? Um, sure. I think the interesting thing about cancel culture and kind of like the discussion behind it is a lot of the anti-cancel culture articles and things that I've seen do come from like celebrities themselves. 
So sometimes I wonder if the celebrities are kind of just condemning cancel culture as a way of self-preservation or if they truly believe that it does kind of deter like a true form of comedy. Thank yeah, I, I definitely, I noticed that too, Lainey, in whichever one of you sent the piece um, with Trevor Noah, where he was talking about that, about his thoughts on whether or not cancel culture was actually effective in canceling people and how sometimes it's based off of older older things like old tweets or whatever or things that they did 10 years ago kind of a thing so professor mikulski what are what are your thoughts on on cancel culture and the impact that it's having on comedy right now it's a really heavy question with lots of opinions and lots of emotions tied into this question so i'm so glad you guys took an opportunity to dive into this cancel culture. And um, as I've mentioned in class, Dave Chappelle's whole stand-up, Sticks and Stones, deals with, in this kind of metacognitive way, this idea of the cancel culture. So what do I think about it? I think that comedy is going through what the world, especially our country, is going through right now. And that's just a just a giant kind of overhaul refiguring reorganization of what society and I hate to use that word society but what is going to be tolerated and what's not going to be tolerated so I think because we're in the midst of that just like in our country we have kind of like two extremes. And I think cancel culture is one of those extremes. So I'm in a more wait and see with it. And as a comic writer, as a humor writer, it definitely is in the back of my mind sometimes when I write. And as a creative person, it's just, it's an interesting shift. So I'm curious to see where we where it ends up, this idea of cancel culture and being kind of in the mix of it right now. Yeah, I just think it's a fascinating time to kind of watch and see what was going on. I mean, when I put up clips, and you know this, Marissa, from the 70s and 80s, even a clip that I did that I think was on maybe two years ago from SNL, it's very different, you know, than, than what's allowed now. So, um, I think there's so many good things about it, but also some possibly negative effects from it too. But I think everything will calm down and we'll kind of get this middle ground at some point. Yeah, definitely. Those are really, that's a really astute way of looking at it. Um, I know, I mean, yeah, SNL this season has definitely been running into it a lot. I mean, every single one of their hosts so far, um, from Bill Burr to Adele to John Mulaney has run into it a little bit on social media, like the day afterwards, everyone's like, ah, cancel. So it's definitely interesting to see, like you said, to see it play out. And I know, I think one of us mentioned, it was either Laney or Tara, when we discussed this a little bit last week, that a lot of times comedians who get canceled use their cancellation to fuel their future comedy bits. And I mean, personally for me, I think it's interesting because they can get canceled for even little things. Like the first time I heard of cancel culture was Louis C.K. And it was, that was like a whole big thing. And I thought that's what cancel culture was, but it seems like it's definitely smaller things as well. So that's, it's, it's very interesting and complex, like you say. 
Yeah, it's interesting to see where this is going to kind of go and, and how it's going to eventually end because comedy is this genre where there's a fine line between allowing it to do whatever it wants and say whatever it wants for, for comedy and offending, right? So that's kind of where we're trying to figure out. And I think because of the shift in society, it's also happening in, in comedy. So it'll just be interesting to see where it lands. Yeah, definitely. And uh, one one of the, we discussed a couple of other things. And one of the other big things that we were talking about was um, the the role of, of sexism in comedy. So Tara, would you like to lead us off with any thoughts or comments um, about what we read or anything on, on sexism in comedy and how that's currently playing out, especially in relation to the cancel culture? Yeah, I think it was really interesting to explore how women in comedy have a what seems to be a very completely different experience than men do, um, whether they're like stand-up comedians or writers or even like actors. They seem to face a lot of sexual harassment, but also just like doubt because people seem to think that women aren't naturally funny. And I think it was one of the articles that I shared, it was about a movie and how people were surprised that it was funny because it was written by women, the main cast was women, and the target audience was also women. Um, So I thought it was interesting to see how that kind of affects women from all angles. Yeah, and how that plays into cancel culture is also interesting because I feel like it's hard for me to say if I'm completely anti or pro cancel culture, especially in like, situations like sexual harassment because I feel like that's an entirely different conversation than someone who told one bad joke you know they're like just very two different um, things and I think that's one of the most valid criticisms of cancel culture that it's very overgeneralized that people will be canceled for very different (laughs) things and um, I think it also has some validity in saying that it doesn't always work because some people say cancel culture isn't real and i think that's true in some cases that people will be canceled and they'll bounce back very quickly but i also think that that plays into how much power they have how much power they had already um people who had more power um, who are more famous who had more money i think tend to bounce back a lot quicker than other people Um, and i think that also plays into sexism i think women are a lot less likely to bounce back from being canceled than men are Yeah, I totally agree with that, Tara. I think, like, you can kind of really see it with, like, I guess I call it, like, internet comedy in a way. Like, if we look at a lot of times YouTubers will get canceled. And, like, if we look at Jenna Marbles, who took a hit and did not recover. And then um, people like Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson, who have been problematic for numerous reasons, much more severe. I guess it's a matter of opinion, but in my opinion, much more severe than her. And they've managed to kind of reclaim their career with ease. Thanks, both of you. Those are those are really great points. So for for you, Professor Mikulski, have you have you seen kind of this this sexism at all in your your work in comedy and comedy writing? Yeah, that let me just take a moment to talk about the cancel culture for a minute. So when I was talking about kind of like this world that we're living in, I was not I was referring plainly on people getting judged on what they wrote, what they tweeted, da, da, da. 
when it comes to like sexual harassment and I mean, if that is proven there, that is not cancel culture. That is a problem. Like that's a big deal. So that they should go. Getting back to sexism. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's definitely sexism and it was, it's getting better. I think our Tina Fey's and our Amy Poehler's and our writers our strong, strong writers that Paula, she works with them as well. And, and, and that group coming through from my generation, Generation X has helped in regards to sexism and comedy, but you go all the way back to like Carol Burnett and, and what they went through and Vicki Lawrence and some of those really older comics and, and what Lucille Ball and what they had to, to go through. I think it is definitely getting better, but it's still an issue. And, and what always amazes me is like women are more than 50% of the population. And yet we've had to laugh at these jokes that we don't think are funny. And now we have women that are making jokes that are, that are funny and, and they're creating their own, their own comedy. And, and it's just, it's great. I can tell the difference a lot. Some, well, most of the time between a piece that's written by either genre or either gender when it comes to comedy. So um, sure, have I experienced it? Absolutely. I experienced it when I created the writing comedy class. I experience it when, I, when I've written comedy. I experience it daily. <laughs> I just, ex- you experience it in your day-to-day life. I make a joke and somebody will say, oh, I didn't know you were funny. I didn't know you had, like, do they do that to men? Not usually, you know? So sure. Yeah, it's it's there. It's obvious to those of us that see it. But I do think it's getting better. And I don't know about you guys, but there's this real, I love having the power to create comedy, especially if someone's acting in a way that's not nice. And then you're able to kind of do that. (laughs) There's something satisfying about having those tools to create comedy when you're feeling stifled or held back and you have this wonderful tool that you've learned to, to use. And I think women are gaining that power and are able to to use comedy, it is, it's a powerful thing when you can, when you can use comedy. And I think it erases gender disparity when you have that. Yeah, I know. It's definitely, it's, it's always, I thought um, when I started your comedy class, I thought I'd only be able to write when I felt funny, but I can take a lot of other emotions and kind of channel that into comedy, especially if I keyboard smash some sarcastic stuff and so I, I like that that hopeful outlook um, that things are kind of hopefully looking up in the industry. I mean, you know, and hopefully for, for other biases as well, for racial biases or gender biases, so they're hopefully looking up um, in the comedy community. So yeah, that's not just gender that's underrepresented. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge problem. It's been a male white male dominated field for a long time. And there are, I don't want to take away from white male comics. There are incredibly talented who have given us the gift of comedy over and over again in sitcoms and this and that. But it's nice to see women 
at the table and women represented and, you know, just to see difference at the table so we can represent different comedy. Absolutely. That's good to see in any field, but especially in, in comedy, it seems like those have been things that have been up for discussion for, for a while and trying to really fight for, for those positions. But that's great. And I mean, you are obviously a great at-home example of uh, mm-hmm. our female comedians making their voice heard and being very successful in it. Uh, our published author here. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm very proud as a woman faculty member to teach the class as well. I mean, I, that was very important to me. <laughs> so thank you. Awesome. Yeah. And then I think, I mean, we've, we've really tackled some, some big issues here so far. And I think the only other one that we were looking at, which is timely in light of the fact that yesterday was election day, we were looking over a little bit the, the differences between liberal and conservative comedy. There's many re- different reasons that people laugh. And it's called, there's a book called The Humor Code. And it's, it's a professor that goes around the world and tries to figure out why people laugh. And one of the reasons people laugh is to feel part of a group. Conservatives laugh at certain type of comedy because they feel like they're part of that conservative group. Liberals laugh at different types of comedy, so they feel like they're part of that group. So that is actually a reason why people laugh and why they think things are funny. So that so this idea of human nature wanting to be part of a pack. I think when I was reading the articles, I hadn't really realized the lack of conservative comedy there is. So I thought that was interesting. And then another point that I thought was interesting was there's there was a part about talking about making jokes and criticizing presidents and like how that has kind of evolved over the years and the our current president and we're recording this before we know the election results. So our current president I think is a very easy target and I think a lot of comedians have taken advantage of that and that's fine. There's funny jokes. There's a lot that have been, I think, overdone in uh, some ways, you know, and after a while, the orange man Cheeto jokes are like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, And I also wonder if, and this doesn't only apply to him, but like presidents in general, if sometimes those types of jokes can downplay the amount of power they have almost by turning it into a joke and how like dangerous they can be. Yeah, so... um... So just to to touch on something Tara said about this idea of liberal comedy cutting down. So humor in the humor code, again, (laughs) a reason that we laugh is to kind of be in on the joke and to cut people down, right? So that is definitely a target. And SNL is very liberal if we're talking about SNL politics. What's interesting about this president, President Trump, is that SNL, I believe, and I don't know if there was, but normal normally they would laugh, or at least pretend to. I don't know if they were actually laughing, and kind of be in on the joke. And whether or not that was a political move to kind of cut down this idea of cutting down people, presidents, like if you're in on it, for example, Hillary Clinton, even though she was the president, showed up with you know, and I believe even Sarah Palin did when Tina Fey did that impression that was probably one of the nasty, <laughs> you know, one of the most cutting impressions of Sarah Palin. And so, so that was 
what's interesting is is President Trump, at least through his tweets, I don't know him personally, seemed very mad <laughs> the impression that Alec Baldwin did. Now they didn't always get along, so I don't know if there's there was an issue there. They're both New Yorkers. I don't know what happened previously, but but yeah, you're right. There is, and there is an enormous amount of liberal comedy compared to conservative comedy. I mean, it's it's completely. I mean, Dennis Miller comes to mind with conservative comedy. There is some really funny conservative comedy out there. There's a couple sitcoms that are more conservative. American Dad comes to mind. Um, some of those more animated series are more conservative. But yes, it is <laughs> very biased. Now, in class, we talked about, because I don't do a lot of political comedy, only because right now it's so bi- it's so tilted to the one side. And what's interesting about the president right now with Trump is he's his own hyperbole at times because he's so extreme in his opinions and very open about his opinions that it's very difficult for a comedian to take on President Trump versus Jim Carrey's impression of Joe Biden. There's so much room for humor there because we're not, we don't get, we don't see those extremes with, with Biden. I think the funniest thing that I saw was like, they compared a comedian. I think it was, what's an SNL? Somebody said that Trump is like heavy metal all the time where Biden's like switching on to easy listening. And, and I think that's a really interesting way to talk about them, but but I, I would say Trump is very difficult. I didn't even, t- I don't do political comedy, I don't touch it, but I am. it's really, really hard. And I think what, what I'm seeing in satirists that I know, they're taking more of the things that are happening that Trump's involved with and using that as the comedy instead of where like SNL goes right after Biden himself, the way that you have to do comedy with, with President Trump, I believe is, is really like what he's doing, not him because it's, yeah, there's just, it's crazy. Crazy times. <laughs> yeah, I think John Stewart said it best because then he left Daily Show. Right before he left the Daily Show, it was like, are you serious? Like he's really, like I'm leaving now, you know, so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this election turns out and if it does turn to Biden, how comedy will change, political comedy. You're going to see a big change and you're going to see probably a lot more comedy on other things. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see and and it'll be interesting to keep up with comedy and see how some of the things that we've discussed will evolve and change. So I think that we're going to go ahead and wrap up now. So again, thank you so much for joining us, Professor Mikulski. You've been wonderful and your insights on comedy are really giving us food for thought and hopefully uh, we'll give our listeners some food for thought as well. So thank you again for joining us. It's been really great to have you here. 